1: I believe you might be missing the greater point of the show, Paladin Butters.
2: Yeah, I know. Winter is coming and there's dragons and zombies on the way. I'm pretty excited for that.
0: Broadcasting from the bowels of the Red Keep, a king's road away from a fallen Winterfell and their wintry exile of Castle Black, you're listening to The Night is Dark and full of spoilers with Maester Daniel and Ben of House Garrett, Lord of Oxford and Warden of North Mississippi, and other things that sound cool and stuff. For
1: well, the night is dark and full of...
0: Spoilers. It's it's full of spoilers and stuff. The night is dark and full of... Spoilers!
2: I keep watching that show and I'm still waiting for the Dawn Dragons to show up and kick everyone's butts.
0: We are back in the Maester's Chamber for another edition of The Night is Dark and full of spoilers following... uh, What was it? Episode 2. The Rogue Prince. The Rogue Prince. Maester Daniel, I have not introduced you yet. The Rogue Prince, Episode 2 of House of the Dragon, which was up 2% in views. They had 10 million people tune in for the series opener, and even more people, more millions of people, tuned into this show. So it's here to stay. It's already been renewed as the House of Dragon by HBO, and we've got a lot to talk about because some stuff... Is happening. Hey, Maester Daniel. Good evening. How was your trip? God. How was your trip from the Citadel?
2: Long and arduous.
0: Long and arduous, not to be confused with the hour and ten-ish minutes of the second episode of House of the Dragon. What did you think before we really get started here? What did you think of the second episode? Because I'm going to be honest with you. I went on Twitter, at SpiritBen. I'm Ben Garrett, or Ben of House Garrett. And I said that, unfortunately for me, who now has to do this podcast, I guess, moving forward, I think the show kind of rolls. I loved it, but you weren't as high as me. But are you more positive than negative? Yes,
2: absolutely. Okay. What do you like about it? I liked, uh, uh, I liked a lot of the things they showed at Dragonstone. I really like the lore, um, which is obviously um, where my a lot of my... Feelings lie about okay, well, how they're what you messing up... about. The... Well, the the lore when it comes to Valeria itself, they showed how Viserys was um, rebuilding what old Valeria looked like um, with the uh, with the stonemasons and the, you know the scene with the dragon and the stone dragon, uh, which is a nice little callback uh, to the uh, to the to the books. Uh, the the dragons out of stone is was was another prophecy that was. A long time ago, but yeah, uh, it was it was nice to see uh, some of that because uh, we haven't really heard or gotten the story of the doom or of anything like that. So the doom of Valyria. It's nice to it's nice to see for the uh, uninitiated. It's nice to see that lore.
0: One thing that jumped out to start was they finally rolled out the credit sequence, and it had the traditional Game of Thrones theme song, which is fine if a little safe. They could have gone a little bit differently, but. I had trouble initially understanding what they were going for because in the initial opening credits of Game of Thrones, it's going all over Westeros. But here, is it a big Targaryen family tree of blood?
2: Yeah, this is what uh, we what talked about. What do they about, want
0: you to take from it?
2: That the Targaryens are about to have a civil war. Yeah. That, that's the what the main basis of this entire story is going to be about. It's still a struggle for... It's, it's still a Game of Thrones. But it all has to do with the... Uh, the Targaryens themselves. And like we said in the first version of this podcast for House of Dragons, uh, the um the time jumps are gonna start happening more frequently now. We already you know, we already alluded to. Um the uh They're moving fast. They they have to. They, because they have to get to the main meat. This is not even the close to the main meat of the story. We haven't gotten any of the rivalry between the Targaryen houses themselves. And the Valerians, you saw a little bit of it, and you saw the uh, the beginnings of what becomes uh, a partnership between uh, Damon and Corliss Valerian, the sea snake. So
0: let, let's touch on one thing before we jump into the crab guy that I didn't get but still thought was kind of cool. I could understand if some thought it was a little cheesy. I kind of dug it. Um, one thing about this whole show that I, I've been kind of considering going forward is that, it's going to move fast and the pacing, if it were not for season seven and eight of Game of Thrones, would be a bit jarring because at the end of episode one, you have Venera being officially crowned, well not crowned, but announced as the heir to the Iron Throne. And here, you're some six months later, if not a little bit longer, and Emma has been dead for quite a while and you've got... Um, Otto going quickly from King's Landing to Dragonstone. In the old days of Game of Thrones, what made it so good is that it would take so long That would actually That, that
2: one really doesn't bother me. And me either. That's what I was getting at. Dragons, Dragonstone to King's Landing is not that long of a Well, well it,
0: even still, like a lot of what was Game of Thrones was the journey to the destination. Like They would lay out early on in the seasons where they were and where they wanted to get to. And by the end of the year or the end of the season, they would finally be in that direction or at that place, right? So, like Arya going to bravo setting sail for Braavos. So that took ten episodes. But here you got Otto, and there's already conflict with Damon. And um what's the name of the king? It's not Viserys. I'm gonna get confused for a while. What well, do you mean the, the the name of the king? Yeah,
2: Viserys. It's Viserys. Okay. See, the it's first, always going to be confusing. Viserys the first. There's it's two. There's two uh, okay. So uh, what was the name to, of to try Gany's to get it. brother? Also, the series that okay. they I, like I said in the first right. episode, they have about 10 male names, they really cycle through. <laughs> um, that just seems more like, like the name that seems
0: of, more frustrating than it's worth.
2: Let's uh, it goes back to uh, the European naming conventions, especially royal naming conventions. They, um, for instance, Louis mm, in the French yeah, language, yeah, yeah. That's uh, I mean. you know, William, George, King in George the English, in, in, in English, and Henry. Henry is also a French, is a French name as well. It's it's in the French and the English houses, so it's it's not unheard of. Uh, but in this context, in this case, it is well, like, yeah, it, yeah. correct. And the and it, all he did was use a fantastical setting for European house drama, yeah. uh, be it the Hundred Years' War, the War of Roses. He he draws on multiple sources, um, uh, especially in the East as well. When he when he, you get some of the East in the uh, in Essos. Um, and really, you know, even Valeria itself is, is based on the Romans, if the Romans had dragons. So, uh, it, it, you know, that's where that convention comes from. But Viserys, the brother of Daenerys, if he'd have actually been crowned king, um, like he anticipated, he would have been a third of his name, actually. Um, this is Viserys I. Uh, the second Viserys is also a pretty good king. Uh, he doesn't reign for very long. But who does he belong to? Uh, he is going to be. He actually. He's
0: Rhaenyra's son. No, the
2: no. The, no Aegon the beca- third is going to be Rhaenyra's son who okay. ends up taking the throne. Which again, I know likewise. it's not called the Night and Dark Spoilers. These are they're going to be massive spoilers throughout this. That's the point. Uh, and just to, just to, so anybody's in case anybody's wondering, but yes, um, but you no, know, Viserys, uh, Daenerys' brother would have ended up being Viserys the third if he had been crowned. Um. Their names end up having uh, portend a lot of what they're going to be like. Uh, Damon, who we meet in this, actually his his namesake. When Aegon the Fourth is crowned, he has a uh, bastard son by another Targaryen princess, and he is Damon Blackfire, where the Blackfire Rebellion comes from. Which Aren't
0: is in their house, Blackfire? That's where House Blackfire yeah.
2: is is based off of. Is Black Blackfyre was the name of the ancestral sword of Aegon the Conqueror. Um, his sister Visenya. Uh, had dark sister who ended up with who ends up Bloodraven uh, at the end of all this um, Targaryen drama ends up with it. So it's you know it connects to Game of Thrones, the first series in some ways, but the, that really the names are what are familiar, and even even the houses themselves. Um, we haven't heard the Lannister name mentioned a bunch yet. Um, when did they show up? They're they're still there. They were kings in the West. You know the Lannisters have been. Kings of the Rock before they were Warden's of the West. Um they're they're you're going to see them some, but like I said, you, they're real all the real drama is going to be happening in the Riverlands and in the King's Lands, which is the area around King's Landings before you get to the Stormlands.
0: Okay. Well, what I was getting at with pacing is it was to the detriment of the quality of the show in season 7 and 8 in the original series um how they jarringly went from the wall to King's Landing and just these massive um land jumps, not time jumps, it was land jumps. So the time jumps and then the kind of abrupt nature of going from one place to another, which used to take a long time in Game of Thrones, it didn't bother me at all. Actually I think it was to
2: it really was, was Who could forget about Euron gradually transporting and trans yeah. and literally appearing wherever he needed to be. Or uh Varys going from Dorn Back
0: to Marine to sail back to Dragonstone. So we went across the narrow sea twice.
2: Not just the narrow sea, it's the narrow sea plus all the way into Slaver's Bay. Which... I used to be so much more educated in this. It's been three years. Like, I'm doing all of
0: this off the top of the dome, man. I have not looked at Game of Thrones anything until the first episode of House of the Dragon. So the narrow sea and Slaver's Bay, or is that a part?
2: Well, okay. SS, you know, is Asia. Uh, for the lack of a better term, but doesn't have um, Africa the, the this version of Africa in the way. So what there is Bravos is is uh, represents uh, I guess you could say the Iberian Peninsula okay. the Spanish cultures, um, but they're really uh, you know Bravos of the nine free cities was the only one not founded by Valerian settlers. So that's why the the, the free cities themselves have had that kind of autonomy for so long is because they were just Valerian um outposts um you won't uh, again you might see them here in, in regards to damon because damon's the one who really goes over there um as you see when hit with his uh now he's allied with the, the sea snake um he crowns himself the king of the stepstones um so that hadn't happened yet no but he will he ends up defeating this uh the, the crab, crab guy the crab feeder and um he uh Brings uh, his version of Law and Order and Fire and Blood to the Stepstones. Uh, he actually gets in a pretty th- th- obviously. Viserys has to respond to it. So, um, in the book that I gave you, uh, there's a scene. There's a scene where there's he somebody willingly. Me to send it in the message board. Oh, really? That. No.
0: Yeah. So, on the Old Spirit, I write for the Oldman Spirit, and for the Three.com. And somebody said, "What's the name of the book that Maester Daniel kept referencing?" I was like, "Fire and Blood," because that's what this whole show is based off of. And he's like, no, no, the other one. And so I had to dig out, I forgot the name of it, but it was like a a historical guide or something to a fire. It's just really funny that, like Daniel fully believes, has no doubt in his mind that I have not read this book. But I'm going to continue the Sherald that I have, cover to cover. I read a lot of it, but you, you obviously can tell because if you feel like if I'd fully absorbed the material... I would, I mean, what would be the point of this podcast then?
2: That's true. How could but, I do this? But the, the I need there's to a not scene, note there's face. a scene, uh, and there's a painting in the, in the middle of the book, uh, in the middle of this story. That's nice. Uh, about him giving up that crown to his brother, um, in a big ceremony. Um, and, uh, he's, he's, uh, surrounded by his dragon, uh, Cerax, So, you know, um, it, that that scene obviously is going to come up but you have to, it, we have to get time jumps and I I don't know how the pacing is going to end up being affected because but i was okay that. with it here. and you should be okay you're going to be probably felt, be okay with it it here. felt
0: normal cuz like with the crown i i feel like this is game of thrones and the crown kind of pushed together it feels that way as far as structurally how
2: they're doing it they have to do it that they way have because to do that the, way. you know so it doesn't bother me like it and did the, at the and end the end of drama of itself happens over an extended period of time yeah. so you know Once they get, the time jumps will really stop once Rhaenyra reaches middle age and she starts having children. Um, It'll be a different actor. It'll be a different actress. And um, it'll be, you'll see how the uh, different factions uh, and different, uh, you know, uh, houses are allied Mm -hmm. with each other. Changes will change very, very quickly. Uh, you already see where the factions are going to be uh, they have Alicent dressed in green already if you haven't noticed uh, they've kept uh, Rhaenyra what does the
0: green for Alicent mean?
2: That's becomes the two factions they become the greens and the blacks okay. when, and in the wedding which is going to come up between the Hightowers and, and the king uh, she wears green to the wedding as well and Rhaenyra wears black obviously you know because she's pissed off and in mourning it's, it's the color of mourning for her mother and that is where the Greens and the Blacks so basically is the Queen's party, which will be Allison Hightower. Uh, and then you have uh, Princess Rhaenyra's party, which is the Princess party, which is the Blacks. And the Greens versus the Blacks is where the Targaryen Civil War, those are the two sides that uh, people pick. And it that's where the intrigue happens. There is murder, and they are going to be murder? a lot of... Well, it's not just any murder. It, this is another Injury. major. Well, uh, Damon, it, who people are going to like and hate in equal measure, I think. So, Jamie Lannister. He's worse than Jamie Lannister. He hires two people and they end uh, up. Okay. You Wait, know, is that
0: too big of a spoiler? It's
2: a big spoiler, yeah. There's lots of. Uh, spoiler there's, alert, All right, What happened? Damon ends up hiring these assassins called Blood and Cheese, and uh, they end up killing. Uh, who becomes but King Aegon? Why, why are they blood and cheese? That's just their nicknames. They're like these cutthroats. Cheese. Not like not. It's not funny. It's not actually funny at all. They they break into the Red oh. Keep. They scale the Red Keep. Uh oh. They break into the Queen's chambers. Who's going to see her mother? Listen. The, no, this is King Aegon. This is this is Aegon the Second. Okay,
0: so we're way down the line. All right,
2: this is Alicent and Viserys' son. So they end up having a oh, son. Okay. Uh, this is where the Kristen Cole Kingmaker comes from. He's the one who ends up deciding to crown the heir. You already heard Rani- uh, when Renera and the Queen that never was reigns. We're talking on that terrible. Uh, oh, that's such a terrible scene. But
0: I love Raina though. Yeah. But I think the actor playing Rain is great because you have to have that central kind of still. You're, if you're, the dialogue bad. Yeah, but the, a lot
2: of what this is based on is the patriarchy. But still, it, if the dialogue's bad, it completely destroys your message. And if it's if it's over the over the, well, it can't be
0: too on the nose.
2: And it, it was not only on the nose; it was completely stupid because they were going to choose her anyway, and she was passed over by a council. It wasn't just a, a bunch of men that I mean; it was literally every great house, and she got a lot of votes herself, which is it makes the dialogue even dumber. Well, I think that's a because, telev- think that's a television thing, though. And again, it just it shows the problem with modern dialogue in a lot of different ways, and also the, it, the streamlining nature of this. But you uh, you have to do that. You, but have you don't have to lay to it do out it for
0: the audience. Well, not everybody's Maester Daniel.
2: They don't. There's know? no. There's no. I understand that you have to create conflict, or if everybody made the right decisions, there would be no show. If everybody made the correct decisions, there would be no Breaking Bad. If Walt, you know, just went to cancer treatments, nobody would want to watch that show. Or if Walt just
0: stopped after a certain amount but it wasn't about it was, it, getting better in his right. family it was about power but
2: that power. that dialogue sometimes you know dialogue itself is clunky. expository and clunky but yep. this is just this scene and a couple other scenes like Corliss okay. and Damon those two you know it just shows the problem they have if they you know it just makes it feel cheap like but a that's cheap knockoff nitpicky, though. but it's not i mean you ask me the question i know it's it's, it's very nitpicky cuz
0: again i think like i said with to start about the pacing the reason why you and I hated season seven and eight so much of the original series is because not only were they taking these massive leaps in time and in journey and all that kind of stuff, but it was nonsensical leaps, right? So it's okay to format your show, especially one as large, as massive as game of Thrones and now house of the dragon. um, By making these large leaps, as long as they, are tight and form a coherent structure. And I feel like here, they've done that already through two episodes. You know exactly where they are and what the stakes are sometimes to the episode's fault. I mean, multiple times are like, well, yeah, six months ago. Six months ago. Hey, guys, six months ago?
2: That was crazy, right? And they're constantly repeating, you know. Yeah. The, um, but also, you're... Your, uh, they your call each other system. by, and, you know, these people that are obviously very familiar with one another when they're alone and they constantly repeat each other's names. Yeah, right. They, I understand... Yeah. It's it's a it's a branding thing too. They have, they have to get the audience used to the names because they're throwing a lot of.
0: I'm even struggling, and I, I feel like I'm a very well learned Game of Thrones person. That's, how,
2: that's the problem with a lot of a lot of shows, though, is that I you know they the introduce they introduce you in the middle of the story in Meteor Res, yeah. and then you have you know you have to fill in the context with with that kind of dialogue. And I, it, it's for television. I understand that is the medium. Itself, it's a it's a uh, one of the hallmarks of it, but and one of the weaknesses of it. But when you have on the nose dialogue, that just makes it eye rolling. Like Daenerys' dialogue in season seven and eight, (coughs) it turned what was a um, a a very strong character who had faults and who worked through those faults, uh, but still uh, was most purely great character. Well, and she wasn't she wasn't just she also had her motivations. uh, You sympathized with her from the premiere even when she made mistakes yeah. and even when she was acting impulsive you felt like you knew it was consistent that was it from. was consistent with what she, who she was um and they threw all that away uh and you know here you have uh it's obviously a different it's a prequel and uh, you're having to catch everybody up to what's happening right now and um th- so I understand but still it, it just shows I hope they don't continue to do that the first two episodes um did a lot and if the dialogue continues that way then it'll, you'll run in the same problems in later episodes when these things that you've set up in the, in the previous episode start paying off um if you start following the same mistakes making making the cgi too dark where you can't see it and crappy dialogue people start nitpicking and start you know, noticing things they would normally overlook if it's not fun. That's another reason 7 and 8, they would, there was nothing fun about those episodes. No, it was dreary. Well, here's the thing. Uh, uh, taking into account, knowing what we know about
0: the pacing and the structure of episodes and stuff like that, are you okay? Are you Do you give a passing grade to the story beats that they've done so far? As far as what you know, because you know everything about the story. Right. I know very little about this story. I know a lot about the original, and that made me mad, and I stopped paying attention for three years, and now I'm back here, and I know very little about this this time period. I know the houses, and again, you know a lot of the familiar names and places, King's Landing, and even the Sept of Baylor. Like, being able to go down in the basement of the Sept was really cool. That's not the Sept of Baylor. Oh, Baylor, Baylor,
2: Baylor hasn't even been alive yet. Oh, Hopefully. Yeah, Baylor is right. a while. You so, this know, is not the sept that Cersei destroyed. No, okay. that, that sept is built after Baylor the Blessed uh. is crowned king. Um, Just prove my point. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, so, you know, you don't have. And, you know, the, you, you see some of that stuff in its, uh, in its infant form about what will become King's Landing as you know it in Game of Thrones that Daenerys ends up irrationally burning down. Uh, I don't understand it still. And, I don't uh, understand it. Because it. Cause it, it they ran into the same problem. They were too focused on the twists and uh, the trying to surprise or subvert the audience's expectations, and that became the basis of the story, as opposed to just telling the straight story itself. Sometimes giving the audience what they want is not, is not yeah, it's not bad, and that plays into exactly what I'm saying with the pacing, right? Because I was that that was the whole through
0: line to the last edition of the night is dark and full of spoilers that we did and i remember that ever since you said it it's like it's okay to give people what they want um is it predictable yes can it be sometimes uh unmotivating as a narrative or as a narrative structure or as a storyteller sure but at the end of the day the the what they had lined up at the end of it made no sense but here it feels like they're following the beats of the story pretty by the book
2: and they haven't they haven't deviated. Off. They, yeah, they haven't yeah. done besides adding some lore or casting decisions. They haven't messed. And the lore with the you're court. talking about is when they're they're tied it into a song of ice. Well, and in, fire. In, yes, when yeah. he mentioned a song of ice and fire, the the dagger, the long night, uh, looking at some. of the, That's that's a great backstory. That and honestly, book readers should feel grateful because you're never going to get that stuff fleshed out in the books. <laughs> um, you're never going to get any more. Um, any more from the novels themselves i mean i think it's pretty obvious to anyone that's paying attention that this universe is far more important to george r r martin than finishing what would be his legacy in the books why do you think that is because he's become a multi-millionaire he's he's a man who was uh, he was already a screenwriter uh for the twilight zone when they when they rebooted it in the 80s i almost thought you said the twilight saga no (laughs) i do even though really I will close. say uh, uh, Robert Pattinson has awesome. has completely awesome. changed my opinion of him. Uh, boy, I was wrong about that guy. You want a hot take, though? Let's hear it. The Batman is an hour too long. Well, that's not a hot take at all. I mean, I completely agree with it. Oh, okay, good. Not, anyway, I mean, we're, we're
0: talking about the House of the Dragon.
2: The uh, but, uh, House of the Dragon. I think that um, that if these guys, you know, the I, they have the same issue that most prequels have. The, you have a set. Beginning and end, it's hard to manufacture um, surprises for your audience, and that's the only thing that you know. If they keep, continue, there's a lot of watershed, big time moments for TV that happen, but with the time jumps and the pacing, that to be very cognizant of what happens there, because it you know when you change the actors, which they should, but I, I don't, they, I don't think they're going to change Matt Smith. I think they're just going to try to age him up. Uh, he just chews up every yeah, but and game. he is. But he's the, He's the guy you got to have to chew the student because Damon becomes such a. Uh, he's such a dynamic character, and he is the, the central driving force in this entire. Played Prince Philip in the Crown. It's just it, he it's is, perfect. but he he's he was a great Doctor Who, and I don't know if you ever saw Morbius the Terrible. Durable. I did see Morbius. Okay, yeah, I did. so. Uh, Me and
0: Dad actually. saw, oh, no! Wait, wait, wait. This is uh, kayfabe. <laughs>
2: this is kayfabe. He's Master he, Daniel. I'm Ben. We're not, re- yeah, we're not related. My father. We technically uh, could be related. You know. Uh, you know. Well, like, uh, sure. Master Amon. You renounce uh, like a Catholic priest. You know. You don't have. Uh, well, you ever announced? But yeah. So you're you're, you know, maester. you give up your give up your house. You have your house in the mm-hmm. That's why. And okay, Amon Master Amon was named after multiple Amons, and uh, Damon gives his name to multiple Damons. Uh, and it, the name itself becomes cursed. That's where. That's why when he named him Daemon Blackfire, who was he was a pure Targaryen, and they looked at him. They look at him later on as the true heir because of the same thing. He looks like he's supposed to rule, um, and that's what Aegon the uh, is when he shows up on scene. Um, that's what people are going to say. That and I, I don't know what they're going to do. I think they're you know, I think Kristen Cole who becomes another central character. Um, who becomes a rival to Damon? Obviously, uh, they uh, he can be really good. I don't know anything about his actor at all. I've never, you know, I don't. He even... got the good look for it though. And he, uh, I don't know how they're going to age him up because he become him and Rhaenyra are the same age, and they are very close to each other. Do they have a baby? together? no. no. Rhaenyra has. Uh, she ends up marrying actually the Valerian's son, who uh, turns out to be a um, extremely homosexual. And uh, they have three children who um, don't look anything like the Valerians. They're all dark hair and dark eyes, so it's pretty obvious that he's not the dad. Uh, the Strongs, you know, you already met Lionel Strong. Uh, one of his uh, house uh, becomes uh, the—his name is Harwin Strong. They, he becomes the alleged father of those three children— and they are also, those three children become very uh, involved, embroiled in the uh, family civil war that happens. They all, you know, some of them become dragon riders. Uh, there's lots, you know, there's lots of dragons that are involved here. So you're going to get lots of dragon fights. In fact, um, if they ever use the dragon fights too much, then people might get burnt out on them because of how many they get involved in. I mean,
0: you already shot a dragon wad in episode two with a great, great visual uh, Veneria coming up. What, what's the what's the name of the dragon she rides?
2: Dreamfire.
0: You can say into the mic. It's okay. Oh, sorry. It's your dream Dreamfire. Dream
2: <laughs> what's the, and Caraxus
0: is yeah, Damon. Yeah.
2: There's uh at this point there's so many dragons that honestly I couldn't get the names of of, of you know there's uh there ends up being sea smoke and uh there's uh Vermithor there's uh Vagar still alive. What uh, all dragon riders do we have right now?
0: Rhaenyra, Damon
2: uh Viserys was the was a he actually was the last rider Valerian he B- went before Valerian died he never takes another dragon in fact he's so the Valerians uh, the big skull. Of the black, black dread. dread yeah, yeah dread he he's the, that you actually heard him say he was the last living creature to see old Valeria he was born in Valeria the black yeah. the Black dread was and so he got the um fire magic they built their cities uh near the volcanoes that were there naturally in Valeria and the maesters uh, hypothesize that the reason Valyria was destroyed is because they dug too deep, kind of like the uh, orcs and, and the and the dwarves. Uh, yeah, I'm doing it again. Uh, and, and I found the Balrog. Yeah, so... Uh, oh,
0: there's the Balrog.
2: Yeah, and so uh, you have a lot of dragons. There's a whole list of them. Uh, this becomes the end of them. They, they, a lot of them die during this conflict um you know the dragons they never, they never reach their height and they're never as big as they are right now after this civil war they're so never how the did,
0: same if they go extinct then where do the dragon eggs and how do they hatch with Danny? the dragon
2: eggs are just made of stone um the uh, we're getting so back into the ther- a- in the theories now about why danny's eggs hatch themselves um, but just because you have an egg does not mean necessarily that you have
0: a dragon. No. In the future. Okay. And there's uh, no guarantee they hatch.
2: No. And yeah. uh, there's lots of hypothesis about it. There's a uh you just grand, chalk it up to prophecy. The, yeah, well, like, and the, there's up to there's stuff. a lot of different prophecies that are open right now in the books. Um the the grandmaster that Sam uh ends up meeting with uh he has what's called a glass candle and when the dragons and the White Walkers and everything start showing back up. The glass candles, which are made of magic, they light. They all light. So, um, you know, he hypothesizes that those things happening are all coincidental, heading towards whatever the big, you know, falling axes in the books, which we're never going to get. But, uh, but yeah, that's that's all about prophecy. The they also said that because Danny, you know, he, she killed the witch. Who killed Caldrogo and then she burned herself that those three lives sacrificed Birth Dragons. Birth the dragons themselves. And so okay. that's well, and I'm sorry, so her, child, her child her child her child is the other there's the other one, you know, the witch kills her child, Caldrogo, and then they burn her with it. And those three lives equal the lives of the dragons that become Rhaegol, Viserion, and uh, you know, Drogon. Right. So it's a prophecy thing. It's a prophecy for her, but when the here they, um, they start getting smaller and smaller until the eggs never hatch themselves. Even if and they that's keep because them
0: Targaryen, the House Targaryen, gets smaller and smaller. Yeah. Basically.
2: So, it, like I said, this portends the end for House Targaryen. This is, um, I guess the prophecy. I don't know if it's a prophecy they'll introduce or if they'll even introduce prophecy much much more than they already have. About, but this is really what precipices their downfall. They have mm-hmm. no. Um, uh, the political power is is very uh damaged through this, and I mean, they're lying themselves. It from here until uh, the Mad King is beset by tragedy. The tragedy at Summerhall from Aegon the Fifth. It was a, again; these are good kings and bad kings. From now until then, um, they all are beset by tragedy. The tragedy at Summerhall is when, uh, you know, uh, the Daenerys's brother decided you know he was born the day that that happened they were trying to written the whole rumor about the tragedy at summer hall that killed most of the royal family um and the reason that Eris himself ends up becoming coming to the throne as the Mad King is because of the tragedy at Summerhall. What is what is the tragedy? What's the tragedy? That it, the tra- Summerhall is a uh, is a summer retreat for the Targaryen family. They build like it. King David. D- when they end up, okay, Dorne is not technically part of the Seven Kingdoms now. Uh, it's 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 p- there's peace with Dorne, but it's not technically incorporated into the Westerosi Seven Kingdoms as we know it in Game of Thrones. That happens about, by marriage in the future. Um, when that happens, they build a summer palace to keep the crown's power there. So when they go through their um, processionals throughout the kingdom, they have a place obviously in Dorne that is their seat of power. So Summer Hall became that. Um, and uh, the rumor is that they found this witch that prophesied that the prince that was promised where the prince's promise came from, that the line would come from Eris's, Eris and His his grandfather was the reason why Eris married his wife and was the reason Daenerys and her siblings were born in the first place. These are all Jon Snow's people. These are all Jon Snow's people. And his so There's no reason why he shouldn't have been on the Iron Throne.
0: The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course.
2: No, no. In, in, in fact, no in in fact the, the story I'm telling you about Summerhall, um, when Rhaegar was born, he was born the day Summerhall burnt down to the ground. That was that he was convinced that was a, a sign. the reason he studied the prophecy, and the he would go to Summerhall, this burnt down crisp of a palace, and sleep under the stars and play at night, and he would dream. He, you know, the talk about the Targaryens being dreamers. Rhaegar was a dreamer. He had a prophecy about Jon Snow himself. Yeah. Something they touched on in the first episode. And then, and and
0: dreams can well and then how be prophetic. The, for they, they are Canadians. and
2: and, the, and they have uh they have that um capability. Uh-huh. The second Jaharis, um, that when um our boy Arson Whitebeard, uh, you know, Barrison Selmy, yeah, the the one of the kings, he was the the, the old king, the other king Jaharris, not the old king, but the second one. Uh, Eris' grandfather said uh, that, uh, that you know, that, that's the flip a coin and either one side's madness and one side's greatness about Targaryens. That's the reason was because of the dreams, and also their incestual bonds.
0: And also, kind of what's going to happen here leads to that, too. I mean, it's like a reputation that precedes them.
2: The, and, and this, uh, you see how petty the, the Targaryens get, and you see uh, how friends turn quickly to enemies, and how... Your best friends. And you'll see that they've already set that up with the scene in the sept, um, with them holding hands and comforting each other about their mother's dying, Allison, and how these two close friends who grew up in court together and whose parents were very good friends, um, become the bitterest of enemies. I mean, they, uh, it, lots of bad things happen. All because people. she married Renera's dad. Not just because you married Renera's dad, because, um, uh, she also, Renera is, Rene is not innocent in any of these things. She is, Well, no,
0: because it's not like her best friend chose this. or that, and That's what they talk about in the second episode. The, the one thing, and I know you didn't like the conversation, but it's about the patriarchy and how women understand their role in this universe. And in this universe, um, Allison, it, to me, through and this is only a television thing. The first two episodes, she's the most sympathetic of all these characters and from a book standpoint, I know her hands aren't clean either, but is she supposed to be getting set up in this way to where you as an audience member, if you haven't studied like the Maester kindly has, uh, if you're watching just the television show, you feel bad for her because you remember Otto in episode one just sending her into Viserys' chambers to comfort him after Emma has died uh, with the assumption that it's not really all that you know implicit. I mean, they pretty much laid out there that they, they probably have sex, right? No. Oh, they don't? No.
2: You, okay. The, again, well, Until sense. Aegon the Unworthy, Aegon the Fourth, it's just like the kings in Europe. When Henry the Eighth, he, you know, people think of that Anne Boleyn came in and slept. But oh, Anne Boleyn, there's multiple his, historians that you can read. That believe that their relationship was completely non-sexual mm-hmm. beforehand. Now, and obviously, I mean, they, they did a flirt. good job of laying that out in the second. And that, that's so, and, yeah. and and you can see how Viserys is obviously discomforted by the fact that he's attracted to one of his daughter's friends too. He's and a he doesn't good like guy. That he doesn't
0: want to get married again.
2: He doesn't. And he loved his wife. And it it proves again how that first scene, how dialogue, and the the lack of the the way the modern storytelling. He didn't kill his wife and coldly if he was if he was going to coldly walk away i mean and and just made that decision to kill her and didn't care about her and was doing it and there was no it's only about i need my air i need my air no it It wasn't about any no it was either watch your wife and child die or try to save one of them and he not only stayed he stayed the whole time then, after that, the count, small council meeting, they're immediately want, worried about the heir. They're worried about the, the you know, they couldn't care less that this man is grieving. And he reminds them that he's a person there. So, and it's obvious in the second episode, even six months later, he can barely even talk about it still. Yeah.
0: Which is, they did do a good job. And, out. It's just, it just and shows. he is a
2: good, and that, that, that's what I'm glad about. They had kind of made it seem like Otto and Viserys are these bumbling Boomers that don't uh, that are that are propped up by this secret cabal of women—that's not the truth. These men are just people,
0: right? Well, that's why it's it's hard and to. Otto a good
2: guy, and Otto's a good guy too, even though he's conniving. I mean, not, he's not even conniving. He just honestly—I don't—he didn't expect. He follows until... the rules
0: of this universe. That's what it is. Like we look at it, it is Paul, our, It's our, it is our universe. Know, it's what know, happens right you should, now. Okay, it's just, you know, okay. it's hold on, hold on, Maester. <laughs> hold on. Sending his daughter that from a you know an audience standpoint that looks abhorrent you think God that's terrible but in the rules of this universe and now that you know that you know, from a maester's perspective from a book perspective that that's not the relationship that's the shortcomings of television and adaptation from books especially books these large these large is because you lose some of that like you lost some of that if you're somebody like me who goes into this time period of Game of Thrones completely blind I I didn't know that so it makes their union. Both tragic but also quite upsetting because one, um, she did provide comfort for a grieving widower, someone who lost his wife, and yes, he was complicit in it, but I get what you're saying. Uh, complicit, wife... uh okay, uh, stop. Hold, uh, complicit on. hold on, hold on. His wife has died, he's just wanting comfort, and she provides some company for him. And unlike when uh Lord Corliss and, and Ren Raina Try to match Viserys with a 12 year old, which is just terribly uncomfortable to watch on television. Um, it does, you do get a little bit more sympathy and build sympathy for Viserys, but also you understand why Renera is upset because she sees it as Allison has betrayed her. But in the rules of this universe, she has done no such thing, she's doing her duty. It just sucks that. What was effectively a sister, an adopted sister to her, they are now going to be the bitterest of enemies over something that Allison had really no, um, no say over it in any way. She had, you know, she she was not in any way complicit in this. It wasn't her fault, and she she has no tries, say.
2: She well, she tries to continue. The, she tries she to, to mend the relationship. Yeah, she okay. tries to mend the relationship. The high towers. Obviously, her very
0: Nera Being, you know, that's
2: part of her. That's part of she her reaction to this entire. Uh, you saw the beginnings of it with the look between them, how upset she was. And uh, the, you're going to see how that blossoms into her making some really, really poor decisions. Um, obviously, wearing black to the to the wedding is one of the very beginning, the beginning of that struggle. I mean,
0: that's just a not subtle at all F you.
1: <laughs> well, just, you,
2: know, you know, these women know how to cut deep. So um, you see how that relationship deteriorates um, with uh, Aegon being born and then Viserys dying after, you know, obviously the kids will be older when that happens um, and they'll have to do some more aging up. Um, I really like the guy who plays Viserys. And he was in great. hot fuzz. He was hilarious. Um, and he's tragic because he does love
0: his daughter and, he's, and he wants to have a relationship with his daughter. And now and they have that really nice, um, that really nice scene where Rhaenyra and Viserys are finally sharing their grief for the loss of Emma. And it's very lovely. And then a few minutes later, now that that relationship or what could have been a blossoming relationship again has been irreparably damaged. And, There's no coming back from this for Rhaenyra.
2: Well, it, it could be if she just listens to, um, if she had continued, she, you'll see in the future episodes how she makes some very, uh, poor, poor decisions when it comes to the people of King's Landing and how she over, she vastly overestimates her own popularity and the popularity of Daemon and the other Targaryens. Um, and so, you know, you'll see that transpire, you'll see that unfold, but you'll see how her pettiness, you know, disallows any kind of um, mediation or De-escalation of tension. She escalates things at every at every phase, and her family that become the Blacks, the Black faction. They they um, you see how they start positioning themselves to take over. I mean, they end up taking King's Landing. I mean, she ends up taking over King's Landing and ruling from King's Landing. There's multiple. It's kind of like the War of the Five Kings, as opposed to there being kings. There's a king and a queen. That well,
0: are, of the principal characters we know right now who's going to be in the green faction and who's going to be in the black faction
2: you've met most of them already you have uh the greens which are going to be the high towers they are the high towers of the high tower which is an old town um even though they are sworn to uh which was how house gardener which is became house tyrell um the tyrell bannermen they are they take more of their they're like the holy warriors for the starry sept in old town and the maesters they take their cues from them and they are you know the high tower is this massive uh lighthouse looking uh and it um it gives them most of the power on the west coast they're one of the richest families in the entire kingdom the lannisters obviously uh and but you know obviously the valyrians before they're um Destroyed really at the end of this, they they end up becoming a part of the black. They they their fleet becomes part of the blacks and takes, you know, uh, takes a lot of what happens in the north and along the coasts and the stepstones. You'll, that's where you'll maybe see some other locations that aren't you know in the south really.
0: What's the best place to live in Westeros? It's Braavos. Well, it's not, it's that's not that's not Westeros. in Westeros. But you gotta say like in the Seven Kingdoms or whatever. In the big world of Game of Thrones, what's the whole world called? Just the world?
2: Yeah, I don't think they have a name for okay, the planet. So
0: in the world, the best place to live is Braavos. Not, the White Walkers never went to Braavos. Never came close.
2: That's not. That's not entirely true.
0: Well, in the show.
2: Well, yeah. Oh, well, they and Bra- I was just be chilling in night, the long, There's no the, drama in Braavos. The long night happens everywhere. Happened everywhere. So it's uh, not in the show. Well, I don't. Again, in just, the show. Just, if you just, weren't
0: chilling in Braavos, you're stupid.
2: Well, you that. Dorn's a Dorn's okay too. The reason that Doran has um, it looks like it's got a broken foot. The reason the stepstones exist is because of the Long Night and the children of the forest calling down what's called the Hammer of the Waters to break what was the land bridge between Westeros and Essos. So you know, okay, it has all it this this all has an ancient history to it, but it also has a um, it connects to the modern day stuff. I mean. Uh, the best place, if be, uh, from a show watching perspective. If you, you want to, you're me where them. you where you would like to live. You want to live in uh, under House Tyrell in the Reach because that's they have all the food, they got the prettiest girls, and like Robert Baratheon said, they hardly wear anything.
0: And okay, so the worst place is the Iron Islands.
2: <laughs> Absolutely, no, no doubt, no doubt. Or slaver, or Slaver's Bay in the desert. I mean, there's no way you could convince me to live in the Iron Islands.
0: Okay, let's open the Maester's chamber.
1: I have been Grand Maester for many years. I'm the maestro of the Citadel. The Citadel has the world's greatest library. History, strategy, healing. This link is made of Valyrian steel. Only one
0: maestro in a hundred wears it on his chain. It signifies that I have studied the higher mysteries. We don't have much time left in this second edition of the night is dark and full of spoilers, but God bless us. We are so back. We are so, so back. All right, there's a couple of things. Uh, Lord Corliss mentions multiple times um, pot- potential war with the Free Cities. So, w- what is that? What is he talking about?
2: They, um, they, Bravos. Well, they, there's Volantis. They actually, uh, the the uh, a few, three of the Free Cities combined. Uh, pentos mir and uh, volantis and they become the triarchy which they um they take over uh and threaten westeros from the stepstones they use it as a bay a bay of piracy to uh disrupt the shipping between the other cities they uh try What's to their goal their goal is power like okay, all of them but yeah, yeah yeah that's just they're just the threat that comes along you know the uh the guy they showed the crab feeder yeah who's the crab guy he's gonna be the he's their uh the obvious uh you know nemesis that's gonna be for this season the big I think. bad well he's having a big bad though in the, in the long run because he's he's such a footnote when it comes to what happens next he just is he is damon's uh way of getting more clout and he becomes a potential rival still to his brother. You know, his brother keeps trying to find places to keep him occupied or to keep him away from the seat of power. Um
0: so all the crab guy is is a storytelling mechanism to further elevate Damon right. later in he, the story.
2: He becomes king of the stepstones because of this and this this whole thing sets up for him to become king of the stepstones.
0: Does he just make himself the king of the stepstones? Uh,
2: Corlys Valerian, the sea snake crowns him so he not only gets a very powerful ally in Corlys Valerian, but he also has, uh, the ships and he also has a crown and, uh, Rhaenyra and Viserys have to respond to that. Uh, they end up getting close to war themselves at this point. At that point, there's a, this is a two year, like I said, this is a two year period of him. Um, this is the only crown he ever wears. Um, and then he, uh, he gives it up, and that's what I was going to tell you about that scene in the book. There's that painting of him giving up his crown to his brother, uh, and that precipitates. Like, like I said, uh, shortly after that is when uh, you have the series of events where hands up seducing. Well, they they say that's what the maesters say, when they, when they wrote the book. That he seduces Rhaenyra, and uh, they rule together. But they end up having they end up having two kings. I mean, they, they their children end up on the throne together. Um, and uh, it really is uh, I mean it, wait how do they do that because um, are they twins no uh, they just uh, how would the, that work in the line of succession by the way the first the primogeniture so is always about first? absolutely okay between you and your twin you would be yeah you, you don't
0: are, know you don't know my family I'm that's kid.
2: true if you were hypothetically a twin then yes you would be older I would be the one you would be the, you would be the heir let's go and your brother would probably try to kill you most likely
0: That was dark. Well, I mean, you know. Everything about this show in this world is dark.
2: uh, You know, these are people that that love each other, but they also want to kill each other constantly. Because they
0: want to be in power. All right, so the second sons is what Lord Corlys calls him and Damon, And Lord Corlys comes from not, like this was something I did not know initially. Um, I did not know about his house. I mean, this is an older house even than House Targaryen from Valyria and it's one of the two only old houses left.
2: The, that, uh, there's the the Celtigars on Crab Island. They're also the but these are the most consequential. Those are the two, yeah, the two that you just need to know. about. All right. So,
0: um, when he calls him and Damon the Second Sons, that triggers something in my brain, but I couldn't remember and I didn't want to read it. I just want to ask you on the podcast. The Second Sons isn't that like a for hire group? Yeah, eventually? they're a mercenary group. Who hires them? Cersei. The,
2: well, yeah, they to come uh, over. There, yeah, that yeah, this the Golden Company too. There's lots of free armies over there that are mercenary bands. What um, do the Second Sons and who, who are the Second Sons? They're not, they, they have nothing to do with the nothing. Two. No, oh no, darn! It, I thought yeah, that was, yeah. no. But okay. yeah, this again, the Second Sons are, um, they are a uh, mercenary band. Though. Okay, it, but this it, is that has nah, nothing to do with no. them.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, and then, the so mercenary
2: the, bands of the the Golden Company is actually founded by a Targaryen bastard uh, named Bittersteel. Are we going to meet Bush Agor? Today? Agor Rivers? I don't know if they're going to do. I don't know how. Like I said, I don't know what the timeline's going to be like, because once you get done here, Um, is an old, you know, an older lady. She's in past middle age.
0: Viserys is dead and gone. Viserys has
2: has been dead. Damon's an older man. He, you know, uh, Aegon. Where's uh, Alicent? Rhaenyra. She's queen dowager. She becomes the the queen uh, while you know. Viserys dies. Aegon the mm-hmm. yeah, Second, yeah. yeah. So he's still younger. Um, but she is, uh, she's still is a call very that
0: in the original, the Queen. What the Queen Regent, Queen she's not Mother, Queen. Yeah, queen she
2: was. Mother. She's Queen Regent if she's if he's underage. Like the reason she was Queen Regent, Cersei was because okay. Joffrey wasn't of age
0: yet. All right. So she's that though. She's the Queen's. She's the mom. She's of the... the
2: Dowager Queen, which means she's she's still politically involved. She has no real authority. Like a queen regent, which she's A uh, queen regent re- rules as, as as king. That's right. That's right. Is she a sympathetic character? Allison, absolutely. Yeah. The high towers themselves. I'm trying are to just, find characters particularly to root for. Well, she's probably the, about the about the only one. Uh, Renera's son, Aegon the Third, is a sympathetic character when you end up meeting him. Because uh, just when will we meet him? Uh, we're a while from there because okay. you know. Damon and Rhaenyra have to get married a couple more times to other people before they get married to themselves.
0: That's true. Okay. What's the deal with her fingers? What is that supposed to be telling us? She hmm. picks her Alison fi- Allison, like her bloody fingers, she always picks at her fingers. Is that just a character quirk they added? I
2: guess. I, I really, I don't know if that's like character development. I really don't know if it's. You don't a, notice this? I do, but I don't, I don't know what the significance of it's going to be. I really, I don't. Well,
0: you're the maester if you had to, you know, hypothesize. Well, oh, they did kind of have
2: a lesbian subtext to her and Rhaenyra's relationship. So, I don't know if that has anything to do with if she was nervous about that. So, maybe
0: just showing she she's she's not the fully you, you're going to meet her later in life and she's like probably going to be this vibrant like powerful woman. She well, and, and she's also she
2: cares about her kids deeply. I mean, you'll see yeah. you'll see that as well. So, I can
0: root for her safely.
2: Yeah, and you can root for Otto. I mean, Otto but, you know, obviously they you took know, me Pub Shane that uh He's the kicker from the replacements.
0: Uh,
2: but he still also
0: the best friend. I'm sorry to interrupt you again. No. The best friend of Hugh Grant and the roommate in what movie that starred Hugh Grant opposite Julia Roberts? One of your, uh... Notting
2: Hill. Yeah. Did I get that?
0: Yeah, I love that that movie.
2: I love it. I haven't thought about Notting Hill in no. two I decades. It, I watched it two days ago. Man, that's why did you admit that? Because uh, uh, I love that movie. So I yeah. have no
0: shame. Who doesn't like a good rom com?
2: You can uh, you gotta
0: have a, have a, just a rock stone. I like hard
2: cra- I like Crazy Stupid Love with Ryan Heart. with uh really Ryan, Ryan Gosling and Steve Carell. Love it. I watch it anytime it's on. The point I was trying to make is that you can root for the High Towers. They're okay. Um, you can. I mean, is there a Targaryen Viserys. Or Viserys. I'm sorry. You can. I mean, you can root for the Targs if that's your thing. I mean, people rooted for Walter White all the way to the end. But Damon. Did you? Yeah, I wanted. I didn't want. I didn't necessarily want to get away with it. I just didn't like the Nazi bad guys in the last season. I thought they were just cheap compared. Well, you know, after well, comparatively, yes, to Gus, it's hard to beat Gus. It's really hard when you and everybody hates Todd. Well, you, well, Todd was a good. I actually like. I thought Todd was better than well. His Jesse Clemens
0: is just the best. Oh yeah, and he's well, just great at what he does. Great. Uh, actor.
2: I just think uh, you know you can't just like like the Night King to tie it back into this. You can't have a guy who is obviously the big bad, who is um, the driving force. Most shows, especially when you have a protagonist who's supposed to be heroic, the bad guy makes the show. The reason Sherlock Holmes has always stayed and has staying power is because he has an incredible bad guy, Professor right. Moriarty. That's right. yeah. So you have to have those balances. And so the the another thing to tie it back into what we talked about at the beginning, the show doesn't come up with a way to make... That's why the crab feeder is obviously visually supposed to be bad um, unless they find a way to do that here there's not really a big bad there's not a big arc for him no there's not somebody he's a like story to like mechanism
0: him. to show that Damon's a badass
2: and, and a, to and to and to yes further into into further show what he is capable of and where what his line ends up doing I mean the line that he fathers becomes the line that ends up with Daenerys Stormborn and it Oh, so Daenerys comes from Daemon's line. That's, well, I mean, this whole line. I mean, okay. So when you go back through it, Bran comes from this line too now, because I hate Bran and Jon Snow Love comes Snow. from this, and so because of Rhaegar, and so, um, but Bran ends up being, um, mentored by Blood Rhaegar, Rhaegar was Danny's brother. Yeah, uh, um, who is much what older. He's like than everybody's more. favorite. Ragar, what he, did he was, uh, but he, okay. He was, he was basically Fabio in looks. He could sing like Justin Timberlake and Ed Sheeran put together, and he could play the, he could play the, uh, the leer, which is the guitar, basically. And wasn't he good in combat? And he was a war, well, he didn't like to do war, but, but he was but good at it. He came. They, he spent a lot of time reading, and not when he wasn't doing all his other, you know, singing and sporting. But events. he's that frustrating, naturally gifted at everything. Guy. But not. He was naturally gifted at everything. He. Was convinced that he was the prince that was promised. He was okay. I don't so know. That's if, and what. And you don't really see. You don't really see that. You know, obviously, they can't show the flashbacks. And I know that they've been talking about spinning off Robert's Rebellion. So, as a mini series, maybe you could get some of that backstory and really get what he was talking that could about. Could be fun. But he found a prophecy, and he can. He was. T- he told everybody at court I'm to be a warrior. That's the words he used. Uh, and so he, obviously, was naturally gifted. To everything he became naturally gifted. At uh at that and not just that tourney he not just was a warrior he was also a tourney fighter too, which is where the tourney where he asked for Lyanna's favor as opposed to his own wife like they did in the first episode of House of the Dragon when they're asking for the favors, favors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's another way to let yeah so the um that was the flower crown the flower the uh the flower the blue flower crown that he gives to Lyanna
0: well I know that maesters don't give out letter grades um in Westeros but if they did. The first two episodes of House of the Dragon has you about
2: where? a B plus.
0: Oh, so you're encouraged. You got- I'm
2: very, they, uh, besides a lot of the dialogue, which, is the, which degrades it significantly for me, uh, they've hit pretty much everything else out of the park. The costumes and the CGI is good. It's not like... Say, I don't want to she- hear anything more about these wigs, man. These wigs are fine. I enjoy She-Hulk. I don't. I don't. That's Did a whole other topic. That's not, that's not. That's another whole other topic. But you know, uh, the the wigs were bad in the in Game of Thrones, the original. So that like it's hard to make white. It's kind of canon at this point. It's kind of hard to make white it's hair look good. Bad hair. It's hard to make white hair. And they didn't even do the purple eyes. That's why I said I'm not. I'm not a purist. I don't have to have purple eyes. Well, boo, boo. B plus for you and me, and I'll just go with your
0: grade. I've loved it. I've
2: loved it. I mean, I you can it was... give it an A. You don't have to. I don't want know. to influence I, the, your grade.
0: No, the only true A, because I don't think any kind of show is an A plus. Not truly. Because if there was ever a truly A plus show, it was season four of the Wire. And well, even it then I five got was too it was it
2: was bad. It was bad. It's fine. it's just more
0: outlandish than typical stuff with with the wire. Um but I I would easily yeah, I mean B plus A minus um, especially not knowing the story beats like you do, it's made for a really fun ride. And so forth, so I, I just, I just want to say that you and I came into this, and they need to know this with the lowest of expectations.
2: We would, we'd actually kind of been dreading it in a way. I haven't. This is not the one I've been dreading. The one's going to be so terrible is the one that's coming on Thursday, which is the Rings of Power. That's the one that's going to be bad.
0: Okay, but anyway. <laughs> We've kind of been dreading what this... because It, it could have been, yes. A, it it could have been, been so terrible. Bad. It could have been terrible, yeah. And uh, just a poor imitation, but it feels like we've just been dropped back into the world that for six seasons was just incredibly encapsulating. I mean, Just everything about it was perfect for a show. I mean, there are a lot of problems, but for what you wanted in a show, epic storytelling, it was perfect. And I feel like they just kind of dropped us back into that. And yeah, they do have some of the... Uh, quirks of season seven and eight specifically with the pacing but i feel like unlike with seasons eight seven and eight when they're just trying to rush and get through to go to star wars with the showrunners uh here it serves a particular purpose it's advancing the story in a in a coherent way in a very tightly structured way that i've really really enjoyed and i hate that i've enjoyed it
2: as long as they great. don't try to Put that spin, their own spin on some of these big moments that they have in front of them. Just let give the they people can what they do want. It. They can do. They can do exactly what they do with Game of Thrones and make a make a phenomenon that you know has lasting power. Now it's a prequel, so because if this if succeeds, don't continue, this won't
0: be the last Game of Thrones thing. No, I mean, they'll spin off.
2: Which is another reason why George's never going to finish the books because he's now invested in four different shows just in the Game of Thrones universe, and none of them have to do with the original story.
0: Yeah. What? Um, when did this debut? When did Game of Thrones debut? 2011. 2011. Effectively, he's created a universe that will be our generation's kind of Star Wars, if it works. It could. It, it, it could. Um, or will we still watching this stuff when we're 50?
2: Well, you know, it's TV, so it's obviously different than movies, which, you know, are... Um, uh, a, a, a different medium. That's a totally different conversation. Saying, yes, but it had it can have the lasting cultural impact that some of these big shows did now, which was almost completely you're not going to get by season. You're not going to get. You're not going to get these big. You're never ever going to get again. Seventy million people looking at a finale like Mash, or you know well, the, that's just the fugitive, or streaming. you know those. That's what I meant. Yeah. But, you, but you have the you have a a chance to re-solidify... HBO and Warner Brothers is betting big, too, that these things will re-solidify themselves in that epic fantasy, epic series, uh, water cooler, even though water coolers are obviously an old person saying, but yeah, that water cooler moments that you talk about.
0: I'm excited about it. I've I've just had a great time with it through two episodes, and I guess the night is dark and full of spoilers. is officially back. We're so back. He's Maester Daniel. I'm Ben of House Garrett, Warden of Oxford or something. It was fun. We'll do it again.
2: Had a great time.
1: That
0: was a terrible way to end it. Say something
2: else. Um, Shabla goo.
1: (laughs) Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.